What's the copay for my eye exam? How much is my lens allowance? What kind of frames can I get? And most importantly, who accepts my vision insurance? Vision insurance can be confusing. Luckily, Pearl Vision can help you make sense of it. They offer a wide selection of state-of-the-art lenses and brand name frames. Plus, they work with all major vision plans, including iMed. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. G'day, everyone. Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you can hear me okay. So I've decided to like make my life a bit easier by turning this live stream directly into a podcast rather than I used to do like an intro for people who are listening now. You'd be like, where's the intro? Where Lauren goes, oh, this is the podcast version. I'm hoping now that I'm good enough at live streaming that I won't because I, sometimes I forget to make points, right? So I, on my podcast show, I'd be like, let me clarify some of the things <laughs> that I meant that got interrupted where I like went off on a complete tangent. I'm hoping that I'm practiced enough now, which I should be. I've been doing this for a while now, um, that I won't need to do that. But, you know, I can always go back and edit in post. But welcome to the live stream. Welcome to the podcast. If you're listening today, what we're going to be talking about is like, well, what it says in the title, right? Like, do you need a website? Or why do I need a website? Do I really need a website? If I don't have an e-commerce store, what's the point of having a website now? I've got LinkedIn. I've got, and you know, I've talked about using LinkedIn as your landing page. Like I've got LinkedIn or, you know, Facebook groups work really well for me or Instagram is like, I've basically got an Instagram store. Like, why do I need a website? What's the point? It seems like a lot of hassle. So we're going to start off by talking about like the challenges first. I want to address some of the like big, like legitimate reasons for why people are like, I don't think I'll need a website. This seems like way more hassle than as well. So I want to talk about that, but I will also talk about the benefits. And just so you know, from the outset, like I do think that strategically having a website is better. There, there are reasons that I think that, and I will talk you through that. But I do acknowledge that it's not necessarily the right time for everyone to get a website. So I want to talk about like, if you're thinking about creating one, or if you've got one and you're like, should I keep maintaining it? Or do I just kind of keep it there as a nice to have and don't really do anything to it? Uh, I want to talk about both of those situations and sort of maybe it might be a sort of something that you're looking at now and go, you know what, this is a next year thing. This is a six months from now thing. So let's talk about first scenario, the challenges of going ahead and creating a website. Like if you don't have a website, sorry, I've been holding this bottle in my hand wanting to have a drink. So let me just do that. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes. We could fly. We could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. 
Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Okay, so if you're thinking about creating a website, some one of the biggest things, first off, is like, budget, time, resources, talent, like finding someone, like there's a lot of things that you need to consider. And there's a lot of people who say they can build websites. You know, uh, last week I was talking about the same thing with like, there's a lot of people who say they can do marketing. So, okay, cool. Like I don't do marketing. I don't know how to build a website. So I'm going to entrust you as a third party to do this for me and hope that you kind of get this right. Right. That's pretty scary. And also it can go wrong, right? Like, Um, there's a lot of things that are on the technical side of building a website that kind of like not very transparent to us if we don't understand that world. So for me, like I started off blogging. That was my introduction to like the online world. I started off blogging when I was 17. I think, yeah, I was 17 and I was looking at the different options for how I could put my writing out there. And I looked at, at the time there was like, blogger there was sorry my watch keeps beeping at the time there was like blogger wordpress and there's wordpress.com wordpress.org um and there was a few other sort of blog specialist websites uh you also had things like deviantart at the time i think showing my age here i think there was still people using myspace as a way to have a blog um And so I kind of looked and I ended up sort of accidentally building a wordpress.org website, which is kind of like a lot of people be like, that's not the beginner's way to start a blog. That's a lot of heavy lifting for a blog. And it's like, yeah, it was. It would have been heaps easier ways to start a blog. But so I've kind of been familiar with the basics of how to build a website and how to understand a bit of code and just kind of know what's going on. And when you have a, a, a bit of knowledge, and that's what I want to also share with you today, to understand like the the different situations you can get in with having a website uh, that can also just help you make a more informed decision about what to do. So when you're creating a website, if you hire a developer to like build you a website, right? One of the issues, especially because there's a lot of developers who will like not charge that much. You can get like offshore developers who you're like, Oh, that's like a lot cheaper than what you would get for someone local to do it in like Australia or the U S say for instance, so you go, oh, okay, this this developer's very affordable for me. It's going to cost me like $1,500 to, to get this website up and running. Awesome. But the thing is, is like not every developer codes the same way. Not every developer works the same way. And so then what can happen is, is if anything goes wrong with your website, you kind of need that developer to come back. And if you try to hand, uh, hand it off to someone else, they might need to charge you quite a bit of money to just understand what that developer did, right? It's because everyone kind of works a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, it can open you up to risk as well because if you have a bad relationship with this developer who you've just met and then they kind of disappear, you can get stuck with like a half-finished website that you've kind of paid for that then you can't use or it's not reflecting your brand properly, so uh, that's like, I think one of the big hurdles at the beginning is just to go like, this seems like quite a scary thing. You know, when you know a little bit about it, you're kind of like, actually, this is like my brand. I'm putting it out to the world. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to be a bit careful here. So then obviously now in like today's climate, we have 
so many more hosting platforms and ways that we can get our website online, right? So, you know, and you would have seen the ads, like I see the ads all the time. It's like, you know, you can get your uh, website up in a day on Wix. You can get your website up in a day on Shopify. You can get your website with uh, up on Kajabi. Kajabi is probably one that's pretty relevant to a lot of people in my audience because Kajabi is about sort of like helping you with course creation and integration with other things that you're doing, maybe on your mailing lists and stuff. And they've, you know, when I used it, I couldn't stand the platform, but I have heard it's changed quite a bit. So these platforms are kind of like relatively user-friendly. You're kind of like, oh, I can actually get something up myself. Like I I don't need to understand code. I don't need to understand any of that. I can just do this myself. So I think for a lot of us in like professional services, that can be really, really great, but we just need to understand like what the limitations are. Again, you know, we can get stuck paying like really high monthly fees for maintenance, but that could still be cheaper than getting the website maintained. So there's just, it can get a bit like, again, overwhelming with the decision-making. And I think what happens for a lot of us is we kind of just go too hard basket. I'm not going to do this. And I, I get that. So I, I want to talk about benefits in the in relation to this as well because I'm like, they're, they're big hurdles to overcome. When you're a business owner, you're like, I've got so much more to do. Why would I sit here and invest all this time, money, 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 that's a new word. <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's if you're creating a website. What about if you already have one? So this is something that I've worked with a lot of clients in this position um, because usually by the time people are kind of talking about getting serious about growing their brand where they want to invest in it, they're kind of like they already have a website, but they usually, the conversation I'm usually having with clients or prospects is like, oh, my website really doesn't get a lot of traffic. It doesn't really do anything. We just kind of ignore it. It's like an asset that's there. I don't know what, like, I wouldn't even know how the analytics are kind of going. Like, it's just this thing that we have because I heard that I need to have one, you know. And actually, um, Megan McNeil, who commented on this before I went live, said, you know, um, the point and such a good point around, like, having a website is kind of, it, the, the analogy is like, you know, social media versus websites, like rent versus own. Like, we own the website. Well, we kind of do. Um, where with social media, it's like you can't control what happens to your social media channel. But like if Facebook decided one day to like finish up, close up for business, it's like you don't really have any control over that, right? Um, that That's an extreme example. <laughs> but like, you know, I mentioned MySpace before. MySpace kind of stopped um, stopped running essentially. I mean, I think it's still – I think it actually still technically exists, but – Anyway, let's not let's not talk about that. So if you've already got a website and you're in that position, and again, I'm thinking largely for people in professional services where you're going, okay, cool. So I invested all this money in a website. Like I know I know people who paid $15,000 for a website and it was like relatively basic. I'm like, if you're paying $15,000 for a website and you don't have like a, like it's not like a big e-commerce store where you don't need, things to be really technical like no you shouldn't be paying that it should cost you around like like if someone quoted you 3k for a professional services business website I'm like that's that's within the ballpark of of what you'd kind of expect it depends you know on a few things maybe a little bit less maybe a little bit more but if you're paying over 10k for like the basics then something's very wrong so 
but there are people who've done that, right? They've kind of invested a lot in their website and they're like, oh, it hasn't done anything. I'm like, yeah, because you haven't got like you haven't got any fresh content on the website. You know, it's not really search engine optimized. Like you've you've got some of it search engine optimized, but you've got an about page, you've got a home page, you've got your services page, and you've got a portfolio, let's say. That was kind of like that's like the the bare bones of the website, but like you need to be refreshing the content. And then the next thing a lot of people say is like I don't have time to do that. How would I have time to like maintain my website? And also, you know, the other thing that happens a lot is websites break. Oh, so like one day my contact form stopped working. You know, people could reach out and get in touch and now they can't anymore. And it's like, yeah, because if you're with WordPress, say for instance, like the plugins can break and then you need to pay a developer to like figure out what's going on unless you know how to do that yourself. And even if you've got a bit of website knowledge, you're probably not going to know how to do that. Like there's so many things that I run into and I'm like, I've spent a lot of time on the back end of WordPress websites and I'm like, nah, I got no idea now. Like this is definitely not a DIY job, (laughs) you know? Um, Sorry for people listening. I'm just drinking some more. I, I went for a swim this morning and it's quite hot and I feel quite dehydrated at the moment. So that's a challenge as well, right? Because again, it's sort of like there's this lack of transparency, I think, a lot of the time. Like, what's actually going on on the website? What do I need to do? How do I get people to it? Like, and I mean, people have told me they're like, oh, my website's like a business online business card. Oh, my website's like a um a brochure. You know, if I gave someone a brochure and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that's the old school way of thinking about a website. So I want to talk a little bit about that now. Let's get on to the benefits. Let's get like, okay, there's these hassles. One, how do we address them and minimize those hassles? And then two, like, why is it worth it? So maybe let's talk about why is it worth it first, because otherwise you're kind of like, well, cool, we've just talked about lots of hassles and now I really don't want to have a website. <laughs> so the big, big benefit of a website is that it's a way that people can get to know you at a time where they're really looking for your help, right? And again, this is going to depend on like the type of business you run, the kind of strategy you run, like the kind of traffic that you want and things like that. But, you know, so I know also a lot of people uh, talk about like Simon King, a mate of mine down in Melbourne, we've talked about this before, like you can have a Google My Business page and you can have a Google My Business website, right? And for some businesses, something like that can be a really, really good stepping stone because like Google My Business is free. But like for me, Google My Business isn't great because Google My Business is interested in helping me grow my business brand and I want to grow my personal brand. I'm like, no one really cares about the company I run because like I'm the brand, like I'm the provider I'm the speaker I'm the person who's actually working with people so no one really cares that much about my my business and Google my business doesn't really allow room for that like it's it's more about okay what service are you selling it's it's very like traditional way of thinking about business so you can do things like that you, there are definitely stop gaps that you can that you can do LinkedIn like I said before, you know, LinkedIn, you can use as a landing page and basically be like, I'm going to do business directly with people from here. But if you're sitting there creating a bunch of content, right? If you're kind of like, okay, I'm on LinkedIn three times a week, sharing a video, sharing a post, talking about stuff. I'm on Instagram three times a week talk or five times a week talking about all of these things, right? 
all of that content kind of disappears. So it's like it's there for a while and then it's gone. And if someone Googles for the, the question that you were answering, the thing you were talking about, they can't really find that again. There's ways that they can. So if you like did something like uh, you went on Quora and you answered questions, like people can find you that way. But usually someone's not going to go on Quora to like buy a service, right? Someone's going to go on Quora. And if for people who don't know, Quora is like one, I think it's the biggest um, platform for like asking questions. You know, it's sort of like you can just go and ask questions and you can go and answer questions, right? Um, so it's like, okay, cool. Like, I can answer a question and people might be like, oh, that was super helpful. I'm going to follow this person. But like, it's not the same as like, I'm going to answer a question that's really relevant to you trying to purchase right now. I'm going to answer a question that's really relevant to if you're like, let's, let's get really concrete. You're a financial advisor. You provide people with financial advice. I know I'm picking a traditional business, but I think it's a good one to talk about. So someone, before they're looking specifically for a financial advisor, uh, they're going to be looking for certain things. They're going to be having certain things going on. So maybe it's that they've kind of realized that they're in financial trouble and they need help. Maybe it's they've realized that like they don't have savings and they actually earn a lot of money and they're, they're not really building a nest egg. Maybe it's like they've got a new goal where they're kind of like, oh, actually, I could save up for a house. I could actually make that possible. I could go and do this, right? So they're searching and looking for certain things. Now, on social media, you could happen to get in front of that person, right? Like, And that's why we build our social media presence and why we want followers who like to hear about what we have to talk about. But A lot of the time people, when they're really kind of like, I just need an answer to this right now, they're going to Google, right? They they go to YouTube as well, but they're mainly going going to Google. I talk about this all the time. So if you're not the person answering that question, someone else is the person answering that question, right? And the way that we think about websites is almost like it's the same as our, oh, you found me on LinkedIn, you found me on Facebook, oh, you found me through my website. But the actual opportunity that websites provide us with is to kind of like go out and meet new people where they are. Because if we're there when they need us versus our competitor, then they're they're starting to build a relationship with us. So there's like, there's actually research into this, like how many people start their inquiry, like a buying intention inquiry on Google. And it depends on the industry, but it's between somewhere between 60 and 90%. Right. For doctors, I think it's like 70. For dentists, I think it's about 70. For some specialists, it's a little bit less or a little bit more. Most people are going to go to Google when they're actually looking for a service. Now, if you service people locally, your strategy is going to be a bit different. If you're like me and you service people globally and you're like, look, pretty much as long as we spend, uh, as long as we speak the same language, you speak more than one language, even better, right? As long as we speak the same language, I can help you, you can afford my services, then we can do business. Then your website is literally like the gateway to the world. (laughs) Like, because people aren't going to go and find you on LinkedIn to find what you do, to find if you can answer their question, to then find out about your services, right? What they're going to do is they're going to start probably before they even realize it, 
they're going to start searching for certain things. They're going to be looking for certain things. So going back to the financial advisor thing. Okay. So I've just asked a question about how much, what percentage do I need to have for a deposit for a house? Right. I ask a question like that. And there's a bunch of blogs that come up, right, about this. And I'm like, oh, that looks like it's pretty good. I'm going to go follow that. And then I go to this person's website and they're like, download this free ebook on how to plan to buy your house or download this template to start tracking your budget so you can start achieving your financial goals or check out my podcast where I just talked about this, right? Now I'm like, this has just been served to me a really relevant time, exactly when I'm looking for it. I like the look of this person. Let me let me check this out, right? Sort of like almost when you're like, uh, we're all Christmas shopping right now, right? So you go to the store, you kind of, there's all these stores around and you, you kind of go, oh, that kind of looks like they could have something that would be great for mum. All right, I'll go in there. It, it's kind of the same thing. Like, oh, actually, this is really useful information. Maybe they have some other stuff that would be really useful for me. If we don't have a website, then essentially we're relying on interruption to do the work for us. We're relying on if I keep interrupting people during the day or I keep sending them value or I keep promoting myself, which is valid. We definitely need to do that. But that's going to be the backbone of my digital marketing. No. So one thing that I'm always talking about with my clients now, and this is some stuff that I've learned over the last, I would say probably six months when I've really doubled down on content, is I'm like, you you need to have a search first, website first strategy. You need to actually look at, okay, why do I want people coming to my website? What do I want them finding out about? How do I start to take them through the journey where I can identify them? So um, on the other day, we had Perry Pappas on the show talking about sales and he was like, you know, identifying your suspect. I love that phrase. Like, how do you identify your suspect? But it's like, how do you actually take this person from a stranger online to someone who's in your store, but it's not a store, but it's sort of your store and basically walk up to them and go, oh, can I help you? Can I help you with that? What can I, what, what are you looking for today? How do we do that in a, in a digital environment? Well, we do that through the value that we provide online. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, they all have their place. Like for me, I'm, I'm, this is not going on my website. This will go on my website later today, but this isn't on my website right now. Like I'm going where people are. I'm going where I can provide value, but I'm like, after this live stream goes, unless I keep it up in my featured post in two weeks time, hardly anyone's going to know that this ever existed. The only reason people are going to know is because I put it on a podcast show, I put it on my blog, and it goes out to the world. And the main traffic driver to my website is that. It's blog content. And then from my blog content, people download an ebook. Then I can start having a conversation with them. So we kind of went from like this, I was thinking about this before I, I started, We went from at one point, the website idea was kind of like the website's be be all and end all, build it and they will come. You just need to have like a brochure online and if people are looking for your services, they're just going to find your website. No, that's not going to happen. 
But then we went to the other extreme where people were kind of like, oh, I can just do a ClickFunnels thing. Oh, I can just do like, I don't even need to have a website. I'll just like not bother with that because, you know, I can kind of get by without it. But I'm like, if you're actually, if you want to build something of lasting value, and if you're putting all this effort into creating content that you want other people to see, that answers the questions that your your customers have, and you're doing that and you're doing it everywhere else, but you're not doing it on your website, just remember thousands of your competitors are doing that. So if you're not in that game, where 70% of people, are 70, 80, maybe even 90% of people are starting their inquiries and your competitors are, how much are you missing out on? How much opportunity are you missing out on? It's not saying that everyone that comes to your website is going to convert. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But if you have a traffic strategy and you're like, okay, I know I have 5,000 people coming to my website every month, then you've got a much better chance of converting than if you've got 50 people. <laughs> so you can't you can't think of it as in so I don't even I don't even know who's listening, but one can't think of <laughs> one can't one can't think of this as a um as a set and forget thing, as a brochure, as a business card. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're creating content just like we do on social media, but that we that that we put, we've created a home for, right? We've created a home for where that content's there. We might go back and refresh it every year, but like you know, I have a few articles that do particularly well, right? I have same with videos. I have a few videos that do particularly well, and they drive a lot of traffic and they drive a lot of interest. And it's getting to the point now where I'm kind of like. I don't actually think I need to bother selling anymore. I don't actually think I need to bother. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. And I'm like, it's not that I'm not pitching. It's not that I haven't got business. Uh, Megan, hello. I thought you were going to watch this on the replay. <laughs> you said part of the biggest stra- strategy, love it, Lauren. Oh, thanks, Megan. Thanks for tuning in, even though uh, you're busy, because I guess it's like start of the day in Perth at the moment. Um. Yeah, so I feel like I've ranted a lot. There was another question I wrote down for myself. Um, okay, so yeah, it was like, right, well, if you do bother, if you do bother having a website, if I've managed to convince you that it's valuable, I hope that I've done that justice. And also, guys, if you have questions, just let me know. Um, how do you make it hassle-free? So I mentioned a couple of things at the beginning, like Kajabi, I, I'm not affiliated with Kajabi. I don't use it myself. I know some people find it really useful. Um, but I think it starts take, probably taking a step back and just working out what an, eventually you want to do. Like is it just a traffic driver to get people potentially on the phone, downloading leads, all that kind of stuff? Is it that you do actually want to sell some things, which can be a really good idea? So I had my cousin Mez Galifork on here a few weeks back and she was talking about that, like kind of productizing your knowledge. And it's something that I'm exploring at the moment as well. And as I've kind of understood some more about different ways that you can build out your user journey and different tools that you can use to do that, um, I'm like, actually, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that much of a hassle now. So I think 
it's about finding a few partners who you really deeply trust, who you um, ask some of those questions to, like what happens with maintenance, what happens with um, when I post new content, how does this work in terms of search, you know, do you do you help out with search? Do you help out with traffic generation? Like find the right partners and invest a little bit in that. <laughs> Definitely need to invest a little bit in that. Um, but if you're kind of trying to do a website for $500, don't do it yet. You're not ready. And if you're kind of like, I've, I can't build a website until I can invest tens of thousands of dollars, then unless you're building something really complicated, then that's, I, I wouldn't say that either. I'd say have like a nice like three to 5K budget, go hunting for that right provider and platform and work collaboratively. So have a really clear idea of like what you want your website to do, the goals for the users. And, you know, you need to also understand that for that website to really start to generate um traffic for you to generate income for you, interest, all those kinds of things, you're going to either need to invest in a pay-per-click strategy to get people to your website. You'll need to have a a timeline for people to uh, start finding you organically, or you can do both. So for me, I focus on organic. I just want people coming to my website when they find the stuff that they find interesting. And that's, that's fine for me and that works for me. But if you're kind of like in a startup world, in a startup world, <laughs> it sounds like a fantasy world. If you're in a startup world, if you're in the startup world <laughs> and you're you're trying to work out like how to get, okay, we've got some investment, we need to push some product, we need to get some product out there, then you want to look more at like a, a pay-per-click kind of, kind of strategy, which is where people are searching for things and you've got here, like we're selling that, come buy it, you know, that kind of thing. They're searching for... Uh, terms that tell you this person has buyer intent, this person's actually looking to purchase and we want to get in front of them. And then it just becomes about bidding for that buyer, right? So as long as the bid is worth less than the sale, you can kind of justify it, which is how some people end up paying like a lot of money for a click and some people end up paying not very much because it depends how much that product's kind of worth. Um. I use just in terms of my stack, um, I will quickly explain that. So for me, I am partnered with a company called Mobile. Uh, I think they're awesome. I think they've got an awesome tool. They build websites. Um, I used to build websites. I don't anymore. It's a pretty user-friendly platform and a lot of the search stuff is like integrated. So I'm using that for my laurencrest.com website and then I'm building a membership site and I'm building a membership site with Evolvepreneur who also is not yet a referral partner, but probably will become a referral partner. So both of those brands that I'm mentioning are brands that like I have a partnership with or will be having a partnership with. I don't think they're the only ones to use, <laughs> but I'm kind of like, because so many of my clients end up needing um, particular services, like it makes sense for me to have referral partners there. Um, but the big thing for me with kind of selecting those referral partners or like with um, Evolvepreneur, I, I'm kind of w working first on my membership site was I was like the user journey stuff makes sense. The maintenance is low. Uh, the support's there. 
Uh, and it's, I mean, the biggest thing was, it was just easy for me to make changes because I'm someone who adjusts things a lot. Like I'm like, well, this is happening this week, but now this is happening next week. So this needs to change. I need the blog posts to go up super fast because I'm posting content all the time. All the content that I create needs to like be able to get out there fast. It needs to be easy for me to train someone else to use it. Um, someone said, I'm sorry, I can't see your name. It just says LinkedIn user. It might be because of your privacy settings that you said, hey, Lauren, I'm new. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for saying hello. Let me know um, who you are and I'll, I'll give you a shout out as well. Um, I will wrap up relatively soon. So uh, if you do have any questions about websites, guys, um, let me know. The other thing I was going to say is sort of like this question that I had for myself for a while, which was like, should you have multiple websites? So um, at the moment I have three (laughs) and I don't necessarily think that's great, but I don't necessarily think it's bad either. It depends what your strategy is. So I have thechangemakerscollective.com.au which is my business name is the Changemakers Collective. I have laurencrest.com and then now I've got a new one that I'm building, which is a membership site. I won't tell you what the URL is because I think it's actually live, but it's like nowhere near near ready to see. (laughs) But I will be telling you guys about it in the future. So one's getting built. uh, That's the membership kind of side of things. One is getting most of the traffic, which is laurencrest.com. And then um, the third one is... Uh, uh, what's the third one? Oh, yeah, the business one. I don't really do, uh, do anything on. So <laughs> you said, uh, sorry, I'm just reading the comments. So, um, Megan, you said it's uh, Chad, and you said, oh gosh, I struggle with one. You're a powerhouse. Well, no, because like one of them, I just ignore. So the change makes collective, I just ignore. The only reason I have it up still is because I promoted, it's actually, it's actually got a few different domain names. I promoted it on a bunch of podcasts that still get traffic. And I'm kind of like, it feels like too much of a leap to send them directly to laurencrest.com. So I basically just turn that web site into a web page. That's like, Hey, like, thanks so much for, I can't even remember what it says, but it's kind of like, come um, say hello on my other website. And I've just kind of made it like they can just click through to the next website rather than having a domain redirect where it would just be like, they'd go to the new website. Um, Hey, Carl, how's it going? (laughs) Uh, Three is a lot. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? I always get so excited when I see people commenting. I'm like, what am I talking about again? Oh yeah, something to do with something to do with websites. Um, how do you get website traffic? Well, I have talked about that a little bit. That was the other question I have for myself. So I think I think I covered that off. But guys, let me know if there's anything else you want me to talk about. I also have done like a bunch of interviews with like SEO experts who talk about how to build website traffic and that kind of stuff. So. I might like leave, I'm still learning, I'm doing an awesome course actually at the moment for SEO. So, so good. I, I do what I am not affiliated with this person, but he was on my show. So Matthew Woodward, who was on my show a few weeks back and gave us awesome advice about SEO quick wins has a course. And I was like, it's one of the most reasonably priced courses I've been able to find for like what he covers. He's someone I really, really trust given that we've had a conversation uh, like a pretty in-depth conversation on the show. 
and I it's like a 90 day course and it's like massive game changer for me I'm like oh like there is literally a five-step system to like generating traffic to your website I'm like I've been accidentally doing some of these things and now I kind of appreciate that search first strategy a lot more so shout out to Matthew Woodward I just think it's such an awesome course I highly highly recommend it um and Megan you said nah redirect to Lauren's site an exciting wee surprise (laughs) yeah I mean maybe I will like like I said like it's kind of just sitting there and it's fine um but then with the membership site one, basically for that, I wanted um, the functionality of the membership site stuff and I, I might end up merging the two, but it doesn't bother me so much because I'm like the laurencrest.com website um, is like really, it's getting really, really easy for me to grow. And the membership one is really about sort of like for people who already know me who already follow my stuff kind of going a little bit deeper on the journey and they'll come from laurencrest.com largely anyway. So, um, yeah, but I think if you can do, if you can do it all in one, that could be great. But also like, just know that if you don't know if you're going to have a membership site yet, or you don't know what you're going to do, like you can still have something in the meantime. Yes. You want to have some strategy behind it and definitely have a chat like, have a chat with experts. That's the thing, right? That's why experts are there. A lot of people will be happy to have an initial call and just say, look, you know, this is what you need to think about. I think one thing that really prompted me to do this particular live stream was I spent a lot of time seeing people asking for like when I was doing more website stuff, a lot of people would ask for quotes, but their expectation was to pay like 500 bucks for like a a pretty like full on website. And I was just like, just use Google my business for now. Like just use LinkedIn for now until you're ready. Like don't, don't throw, you know, when they, what is it like good money after bad? Like it's not going to be, you're not, you're just not ready yet. You know, it's sort of like going back to your analogy, Megan, about the like renting versus buying a house. Like if you can't buy a house yet, you can still, you can rent a house. (laughs) You still got a house, right? Like that can be your goal. But I would say that having a website, if you don't have one, should be a goal, regardless of whether you're in professional services or, you know, e-commerce, I think for people, it's like, that's obvious. I have to have a website, but for professional services, it's like, oh, it's, oh, well, it's not that important. Um, Darren, you said, well, very good point with the financials. Yeah. Um, hello again, Darren. I love, I'm still loving that tax guy in your, in your name, by the way. I just think it's really, really clever. Um, yeah, I, I think it's like, people have these these sort of big um, expectations about, you know, what a website should be able to do uh, for a, a very, like, very, like, cheap, <laughs> essentially. I'm like, no, this is like a, this is your, this is your online real estate. This is where people can come regardless of whether Facebook algorithms stop working for you, regardless of whether, like, LinkedIn algorithms stop, stop working for you. Yes, Google stuff changes, but if people are searching for content and your content is good and you understand how to get traffic to that content, you have a much better chance of getting cut through than if you just constantly pump out stuff on social media. Like they need to go together. It's not, I'm not saying one or the other, but also don't lean so much on the social media strategy um, in spite of that, in that search 
search piece. I mean, we didn't get onto YouTube today, but like I always talk about YouTube, so I feel like I don't need to talk about that today. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much everything. I feel like I covered everything. So I'm going to like wrap up for the podcast as well. Um, thanks for people listening to this afterwards and guys for being here live. Really appreciate it. Love seeing those comments coming through live. Thanks for saying hello, everyone. Um, if you want to catch the live show, I usually do it at 11 AM. I didn't today because I worked out that I could schedule, um, live streams via LinkedIn, like for LinkedIn, but it requires like an hour. So I was like, well, it was 10 30 and I was like, well, I really want to to promote this on LinkedIn ahead of time. So that's why I did it. But generally it's 11 a.m. The podcast show goes out a few hours later. Um, if you haven't checked out my podcast show and you like this live stream, I've got a whole bunch like, sorry, getting caught in the way. I've got a whole bunch like these. Um, so head over to my podcast show. You can just go to laurencrest.com forward slash grow dash your dash brand, or you can go to growyourbrand.com.au. It goes to the same place. <laughs> I'll put the link in the in the um in the comments on the um show notes. I will actually put later some comments, uh, some links around other things you can look at for things like SEO and website and a few resources that are useful, ones that I've mentioned. And uh just to wrap, wrap things up, Megan, you said quality over quantity. Totally. So this is something that I'm learning to appreciate a lot as someone who can I can pump out a lot of content as some of you know like because I love to talk essentially that's the reason um but I'm kind of slowly realizing like I actually don't have to do as much as I thought I did because I'm moving more to like search strategy and not as relying as much on on social so um yeah I hope that was helpful I hope I answered questions that people had um about website and I hope I websites and I hope I also acknowledge the the real you know genuine reasons for not wanting to do it just yet um because I completely understand it so if you're listening to this if you're watching this on the replay if you've just tuned in now like go and go back to watch the replay and you have questions about like how do you set goals around this uh, I'll probably do another episode around this in the, on the on the future in the future <laughs> but um, yeah, happy to kind of have a chat and talk through that as well. Just as someone like business owner to business owner, kind of like, this is what I found. This is what's helpful. Uh, yeah. Have a lovely weekend. Everyone watching have a fa- fabulous, fabulous weekend for people listening as well. I hope you do too. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast show, please go back and do that as well. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later.